Hello and welcome back to another episode of Fog Dog and Bastion. Uh, we are back with another episode um, and we have some exciting episodes coming up. So we're going to have Derek Rubis on the show, famous track and field fan uh, and good friend of ours. We're going to have him on our podcast and then also Kevin Kelly, uh, who went to Drake. Um, I know we mentioned this a couple of episodes ago, but quite a lot of stuff has kind of been going on. Um, we've had a couple of races and um, yeah, we've been pretty busy men over the last couple of weeks. So th- those episodes are coming up. Uh, stay tuned for them. But right now we're going to rip into this episode. Uh, Baston, what's, what's been going on the last couple of weeks in your life? Training and we had a race as well. How you been going? Yeah. So training, I've been feeling pretty good. And um, Fog and I both had the Iowa State meet. I don't know what it was called, but some Iowa State meet. Cyclone Open. Cyclone Open. Yeah. So we had that meet about two weeks ago now. Yep. And um, going into it, my legs felt pretty good. Honestly, didn't feel quite as good going into the first one. And that really reflected in the race results. Man, I was skiing in the last hundred meters, but (laughs) um, no, really like going into it. My goal was just to really get that national qualifying time out of the way. And um, at the time I was like, that'll be like three, honestly, under 358, I'll probably be in. But now looking at the results, obviously that's really changed. But yeah, those are my goals going in. How about you? Yeah, uh, pretty pretty similar, honestly. I think in our final workout, we both kind of, we, we said to each other before, you know, this might not feel good before our final workout. That is, this might not feel good, but, you know, whatever whatever happens you know we'll be all right all we have to do is run probably around you know 358 when you ran 358 high in december it was kind of like that probably won't get in but it could yeah and now it's like if you're not like in the 357s like you're probably not going you just yeah you're irrelevant at this point it's, it's unbelievable it's ridiculous and by the end of the year it might even be in the 356s yeah which is just unreal i was actually i was looking at uh tifas which for anyone who doesn't know is like the college ranking system is t-f-r-r-s uh and it kind of just shows results and uh rankings from all meets and kind of colleges across the country and i think 41 people so far in division one have gone sub four this season now granted we have to take that with a grain of salt because probably 38 of them are altitude conversions <laughs> yeah which let i mean i don't want to talk about this because it makes me mad but altitude conversions are yeah what's wrong with the sport currently oh i i honestly do completely agree it's, it's so ridiculous i mean there was a 402 mile ram that converted to 354 which N- is now, granted, Nico uh, Nico Young did kind of back that up. He ran 356, yeah. but when you live and you train at altitude, and they train in that dome, they do their race pace stuff in that in that dome. It's not the same as someone who goes up to altitude, does a race, and then you know you know it's more difficult yeah. if you're not there all the time. And the way I see it, conversions should not be a thing anymore as in i get obviously the altitude does affect how you run it a hundred percent it does but there's no way it can be a hundred percent accurate and like i was saying to you and our coach jay last week if you're going to do it for any meet why don't you do it for all i know at iowa state we're not at altitude at all but surely surely being at i don't know even 500 feet has some sort of effect like why yeah 
what where does where do you draw the line and then you're um, putting an asterisk by every single time it's ran yeah it's, yeah it just sounds ridiculous no yeah. i completely agree but, but I, eight eight seconds in a mile is just it's <laughs> night and day i mean it's huge i yeah. mean even two seconds in a mile i feel like at this point is massive especially yeah. when you're dealing with times like 357 and 359 i mean that's just it's so huge. different in the ncaa this year yeah and like getting eight seconds <laughs> Getting eight seconds. That's just, oh, yeah, we need to, we need to go up up to altitude and maybe, maybe we'll have our minds changed, but, um, (laughs) uh, as well on the bright side, Nico Young probably isn't going to be in the mile at indoor nationals. So we can probably cancel him out, but I kind of hope he is one more thing. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. True. Same. One more thing on that note with the amount of funding and money that schools have today, like, Imagine, imagine for the Olympics, the 1500 qualifiers, 335, 00, 335 flat. Imagine if you ran 340 on grass or in this case at altitude and you go, yeah, I ran 340, but it was on grass. Like, uh, it'll count as like 333. Uh, I'm in the Olympics. I'm, I, you know, I, I'll get through on time to the Olympic final by running this 340 on grass. Like it just the, the Olympic committee or whoever's selecting will say, go and run on a normal track, get down to sea level and Bob's your uncle. You are, you're either going to run the time or you're going to find out that the conversion isn't hundred percent accurate, but uh, it's the way it goes one uh, day. Just the way it is. I, I feel like the one thing that like I loved about running to begin with was there's no BS politics involved with it. <laughs> yeah. And now we're at the point where there is. And so <laughs> it's just like, all right, well, this is annoying, but yeah, it is what it is. Uh, our goals at Iowa state were three fifty seven. Going in, he did that. I wasn't even a little bit close. Well, uh, well you weren't far off it. I, until the last 120 meters. Yeah. Man, um, during, during that race, we got out really, really quick. And um, I don't know if any of you guys have ever watched the way that I like to run, but it's not like that. Um, I generally go out towards the back of packs, finish with this huge kick, and... Um, I feel like going out that hard in the first two or 300 meters, even though it wasn't like that fast, like it wasn't like a sprint or anything, but just like going two seconds fast for that first 200, I feel like that really ruined the race in my head. Like I felt like I had no kick during the last lap. I felt like my legs were, I felt like I was really just skiing and it was just not, it wasn't what I wanted. Um, I had to take a big, like mental reflection after that, just like, think about things like think about what I want to accomplish this year, like what I did wrong, what I can do better next time. And, um, I really think now more than anything, I'm just frustrated and I just really want to get back out there just to prove that I'm better than what people say I am and what people think I am. Yeah. I know. I, and I fully believe you are going to run faster, but for anyone who doesn't know, you might be thinking Baston ran 420 or something right now. He ran 359. So it's still an unreal run, obviously nowhere near, you know, what you wanted. Honestly, in any other year, it wouldn't be far off qualifying for nationals. Um, obviously, it's not even a season's best. You're around 358 high in December. But overall, like being disappointed in a 359.4 is good signs of like kind of where where you're at right now, I think. And hopefully over the next week or two, um, that'll that'll come down a bit. Yep. I hope so too. 
But yeah, let's let's get into how you felt during the race because I you definitely had a different experience than me. <laughs> you were yeah, man, that's some of the best running I've ever seen you do. I mean, yeah, besides what you did in the national final and indoor last year, but yeah, yeah go into it. So I, I was really pretty nervous to be honest. Um, obviously I ran 1K the week before, 223 high, and felt pretty good to be honest running that. So I knew I knew I was in decent shape, but I just you know, running a mile, having that extra 600, um, you've always got a little bit of doubt in your mind, you know, am I going to hold it together for the whole, whole way through? Um, but yeah, we, we got out quick. The pacer went out pretty fast. Um, and then me and Festus Legat, who's a, he's a 144, 800 runner. Um, we were then kind of looking at each other. I, I was running along next to him and I was honestly, I was hoping he would get in behind the pacer and kind of tow us around a little bit uh so that so that when uh when the pacer did drop out um you know i wouldn't be leading essentially um but a hundred in he didn't want it i actually said to him go go and he didn't have any of it um i had to take it i tucked in behind the pacer who lasted 900 maybe 950 ish um he pulled out as we were going into the home straight with two laps to go, which is like 600 plus a home straight. So about 650-ish yep. um, to go. And I kind of just put my foot down. Um, I knew that I knew that I was on something like pretty solid, um, but it was kind of like tough once he was gone, just mentally having to really grind through it, I guess, and really push right through to the line. Um but I was happy. 356.6. Um, it worked out well. And it was number six in the NCAA when that happened. It's now number eight. Um, yeah. And it should stay in the top 16, I would hope. Man. Who knows, though? I, I know. I, I would say we're both pretty, we're both cautiously optimistic that that's going to stay in the top 16. God. Just because you never know. But I mean, it'd be ridiculous if it didn't. Uh, yeah, I feel like it has to, it's got to stay in that. It's got to, yeah. but I mean, who knows, who knows anymore? Um, everyone's running pretty quick, but yeah. yeah. But I'm um, either way. So when you, when you look at like an overall reflection of it, he did what he wanted to, I didn't. And then after that, I kind of just went back into a training phase and I'm, I took a, I'm going to take a three week racing break. So I'm kind of just trying to get my legs back under me see how we feel, make sure everything's going well into my next race. You had different plans. Yep. You went, unfortunately, <laughs> you went to NYC to race against some of the world's best runners at Milrose. Um, and yeah, take us through what you're feeling beforehand, travel, how it went, just everything about it. Yeah. So, um, it was, yeah, pretty cool to, you know, run that 356 and then kind of Straight after that, I knew I was going to Milrose the week later. We actually flew on my birthday, a uh, cool birthday present, trip to New York. <laughs> um, and it was funny, though, in the week leading up, for one, you had to test negative for COVID. And that was like a little bit worrying. I didn't feel ill, but just with the number of cases recently, it was kind of like, you know, am I am I randomly going to have it? Uh, thankfully, I didn't. Um, but there was also talk of a massive snowstorm kind of potentially wiping out the meat. I know that a meat in Boston um, got massively affected by it. They, they postponed the meat. Um, and there was kind of talk of, you know, will Milrose get canceled, but 
thankfully it didn't. Uh, so anyway, yeah, we traveled to New York. Um, it was cool. We got in Thursday night, Friday, I got to have a little jog, do a few strides at the armory, which is the indoor track in New York, uh, in Manhattan. Um, and then that afternoon I went down to the new generation track and field group run, uh, saw Cole Hocker, Cooper's here, Ben Crawford, um, can't forget anyone, uh, but Carter, Matt, like a load of the Oregon guys were there, um, met, met quite a few people. It was, it was really cool to be at. Um, it was pretty cold, uh, and pretty miserable, but my dad actually flew over from England as well to come and watch me run at Melrose. Um, yeah, so it was good. I was in, I was in the B mile for anyone who doesn't know. Um, so the Wanamaker mile, which was won by Ollie Hoare, um, in 350, pretty incredible run and pretty cool to see that in real life. Um, that's like the top mile I was in the B mile, but it was a pretty stacked field for a B mile. And I was like pretty excited to, you know, get in amongst it. It was meant to be paced through 800 in 157. Um, that wasn't even close to happening. Was it? (laughs) No, (laughs) they ended up like too flat high. Yeah. Cause I, I just remember watching it knowing that they weren't even under four minute pace. Yeah. 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 No. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we got going, uh, 200 bank track, obviously. Um, yeah, I, I was feeling good. I was ready to go pretty quick. Um, and yeah, 200 in, I got clipped from behind. Um, I, someone bumped into me, uh, my heels kind of clipped together and then, yeah, I was on the ground. I'm still a little bit wounded from it. Uh, for anyone who's on YouTube, I don't know if you can see my elbow there, but yeah, my elbow, my hip, my knees, uh, all got pretty, pretty cut up. Um, and actually I was wearing a bib, like a, a name bib on my chest as you do. Um, it had four safety pins, like four pins in it and it completely ripped off. It put two of the pins stayed in. So the paper ripped, but then two of the pins came out and it ripped the singlet. So Oh, not the first time a Drake singlet's been ripped. <laughs> Paulina, our now, equipment lady, she went. Now our top two runners have ripped our singlet. That's yeah. awesome. But um, yeah, <laughs> it was it was pretty annoying having that happen. To be honest, it, I mean it's the way it goes, and it happens to everyone in sport. Um, but on such a big stage, you know, there were so many people there watching. Um, it ended up being one in three fifty seven high. I was I was really looking forward to kind of getting amongst it and like trying to trying to win that race. Um, and honestly, like going into it, I thought I could run a bit quicker than I had done the week before. But yeah, I ran four oh seven and came ninth. So deja vu from a couple of years ago. Fat, it's faster than the four twelve you ran the last <laughs> yeah. time you fell. So. Yeah. <laughs> Nebraska two years ago. Uh, Grim. So but, you've improved by five seconds when it comes to falling down in the middle of a race. Yeah. If anyone has a falling <laughs> down mile PR that beats 407, I'll be interested to hear it. I actually <laughs> thought when I got up, I was like, all right, I'm pretty like screwed now. But if I could break four still, that would be sick. Oh, that would have been so sick. But then when you get up after a fall, like your body is so ruined. You, yeah. You put in so much energy to try and like catch back up and then you're just done yep. <laughs> yeah the same thing happened to me in the iowa state 5k oh, last yeah. year yep it's just it's crazy yeah but um i mean other than that like it, it was still a really good experience to be there and i you know seeing all those guys and seeing the races seeing i mean on absolutely dominated obviously geordie 
Beamish got the win in the 3K over Cooper and Cole. Ollie Hoare beat Josh Kerr. Um, and then even like Alicia Monson, she won the 3K in 8.31, which is pretty quick. Uh, yeah. And then Sage as well. I think she ran 4.25 for the mile. Wow. Yeah, I don't know what they're doing there, but it's definitely working. They're on something uh, in Boulder. <laughs> even even the Tim Man guys, honestly. Boulder, something in the air. After a rough couple of years, to be honest, with Tim Man, like Drew and Sam, 7.42 and 7.44. Yeah, and that's good for yeah, pretty impressive stuff. So, yeah, onwards and upwards. Uh, I'll be back from the fall. Um, and, yeah, I guess we move on from it. And speaking of moving on, what's next, Sir Baston? Yeah, so this weekend, both Fog and I are off. We're just yes. chilling. Chilling. <laughs> but um, chilling. So I'll have like 10 days until my next race, and that will be at the Tyson Invitational in Arkansas which I am incredibly excited for because right now I'm frustrated. I'm angry and (laughs) I run pretty well when I'm angry generally. And I just, I really have a chip on my shoulder right now and I am just looking to destroy some people. Yep. And that's where I'm going to do it. I'm going to do that. Tyson. I don't care who's in it. Yard Nagoose can be in it. Cole Ocker can be in it. Jakob can be in it. My grandma can be in it. (laughs) I'm going to win the race. Yep. And I'm going to run a stupid national qualifying time. If it is the last thing I do, I don't care. I'm done with it. I hate losing. I'm a sore loser. I've done some spike throws in my day. Those will continue to happen. I'm sorry, mom. Sorry, dad. <laughs> but yeah, I just, I hate losing. I can't stand it. Tyson's going to be the one. I know it is. Well, at least I'm hyping it up to be. Yeah. Yeah. That is where I'm racing next. Traveling out there. Can't wait. Um, so grateful that my coach could help make it happen because he's traveling with the team to Iowa state that same day. And my dad's willing to help me come fly out with me and hang out. And we're just, it's just going to be an awesome opportunity. And it's because of the people that are around me that are really helping me out. So I couldn't be more grateful. All it is, is another great opportunity. (laughs) You know it, (laughs) but yeah, so that's where I'm headed. Yeah. Um, we're going to be in different directions again. Tell us where you're headed. Yeah. Just quickly on that. Uh, Tyson is where Cole and Cooper ran 350 last year. So big shoes to fill. Um, (laughs) uh, yeah. And also where nationals was, obviously I can attest, uh, I think that's the word like, agree the arkansas track is pretty quick um again a bank 200 so i've got a little bit of ptsd right now Uh, (laughs) but yeah i think as long as hopefully it'll be a well-paced race you know it'll be nice and comfy early and yeah it's a good track for it it's a very very nice track for it i think it's got to be short hopefully (laughs) well there's there's two more lanes there to avoid falling down at than there is the armory so is it an eight lane track? I think so. Oh, wow. I know Armory is only six. Yeah. The Armory yeah. felt pretty, for, for what you see, like on video, it's really small. Yeah. It's really small. Yeah. I was, I was counting the lanes during the stream and I was like, man, is there only six here? It's so odd. Cause this is such a like world known track. You yeah. think it'd have eight or nine, like, but then even in the crowd, there's like four rows of seats the whole way around. Really? Like it's, it's really small. Yeah. Huh. It's That's odd. Crazy. Yeah, strange, but um, I guess New York, it yeah, probably cost an absolute bomb to like get it in there in the first place, and yeah. having it any bigger would, yeah, multiply that price. But anyway, moving on from that, uh, yeah, I 
don't know what I'm doing next, to be honest. Um, probably a 3K. Uh, and so Baston's going to Tyson. And on that same weekend, uh, so in, is that a week and a half from now? Yep. Yeah. So not this, weekend, not this weekend, but the next weekend. Yeah. So probably around, I don't know, uh, the 12th of February, maybe around then, I think, um, is the Iowa State Classic. Um, and I'm not sure if I'll run a 3K at that or not. Um, and if I don't run a 3K there, I'm hoping that we'll go to Arkansas the weekend after and I'll be able to get a 3K in. The way I kind of see it is like, if I can run a good 3K, and honestly, I've got no idea what I could run for a 3K right, right now, but if I could qualify for indoor nationals like, and like feel good in the 3K, I might end up potentially doing both because the 3k is like at the end mm-hmm. focus on the mile and then whatever comes from the 3k is kind of like a bonus you're an yep. all-american like why not yep um but we'll see and if not if not a 3k in arkansas could be <laughs> <laughs> could be a dmr um yeah <laughs> kind you, of remains to be seen you you say that reluctantly yeah <laughs> well <laughs> i'm just yeah uh, how do I put this? Like, <laughs> I don't know. I think me and Baston are both very capable of like being at nationals individually. Yep. And we, we, we honestly could put a pretty solid DMR together, but if we then, you know, if, for example, if I qualified in the mile and the three K, if I wasn't in the DMR at nationals, I don't know who would take the spot. You know what I mean? As in, we we can yeah. put a strong DMR together, um, but yeah, it's not necessarily, I don't think, the best bet to really put all our eggs in the DMR basket for nationals. Yeah, I I, I think I think we both feel the same way about it. This um, when it comes to our individual events versus the DMR, um, we'd both rather focus on our own stuff. Yeah. Just because that's what we've been training and working for, for years. Like this isn't high school anymore where you yeah. run the four by eight for your teammates. Yeah. This yep. is NCAA division one nationals. Yeah. And like, if we were competing for a team title, then it would be different. I exactly. And that's but, what I was going to add in. It's or not. Yeah. So unless if, if we were in there, I think realistically we could be right up there. Um, yeah. but it's just kind of like, we, we could probably qualify a team potentially for nationals. Honestly, I'm not sure what it's going to take for the DMR. Um, actually, for anyone who doesn't know, the DMR is kind of, I think, only run in the NCAA and only run indoor. It's, it starts off with a 1,200, then it goes 400, 800, 1,600. So um, it's kind of like a, it's got all the middle distance to mile events. Um, and yeah, I think, I honestly do think we could probably qualify a team, but then if we run it at nationals as in me and Baston, um, yeah, it might then jeopardize our chances in the mile or 3k. So yep. we'll see. We'll see. Um, it remains to be seen, but yeah. as you can see, Fog and I have opinions about it. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm not necessarily opposed to like running one. I think no, it could neither. be good. You know, we go out and try and win the conference DMR and see see if we could run something quick enough there. I think, yeah, I think it'd be sick to do a conference. Yeah. That'd be dope. Try but, and win conference. And then yeah. if, you know, if we qualify a team, um, send 
send a few guys along to do it. Yep. But realistically, it probably the, won't be me and you. And and the main thing is for me at least is like Fog already knows he's in nationals. I want to make sure I'm Hopefully. in nationals as an individual before I try a DMR. Yeah. If that makes sense. Just because I want to for sure have my spot locked in before I'm doing these fun races. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. But it's also yeah. like we both know that we both should be there in the mile. Yep. And if, if you hadn't got your qualifier and we then, you know, said, let's try and get a DMR in. If we then didn't get a DMR in and you missed a chance to run a great mile, then, then it would be a complete waste. Like yep. you, we wouldn't have a DMR. You wouldn't be going in the mile. Like what's, what's kind yep. of the point of that? Then I'm just not going. So yeah. Yeah. That'd be sick. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> works out, works out well. Then I can sit and watch it on television. <laughs> yeah. There's worse things. Yeah, um, there definitely is, but it's not yeah. what we want to be doing. No, no, definitely not. Moving, moving on from all that drama, we did get two questions from people that we are definitely going to answer. So Fog, take it away. Yeah. So um, the first one kind of asks about like walk-on standards for running at Drake. Um, and basically a walk-on is someone who like comes to Drake. They do uni here and they're on the team, but they're, they're not like on a proper scholarship. So you can be on the team um, just like as an extra kind of while you're studying, I guess. And you're still a full member of the team. You get to travel, you get to, you know, get your kit. Well, most years um, <laughs> you get to race. Yeah. Yeah. you get to race. You travel with the team, you train with the team, um, all stuff like that. So it's, it's a really cool thing to do. Um, and honestly, like, I don't know what the standards are, uh, to, to be on the team, I would say for, for a guy coming out of high school, if you can run 4.35 in the mile, honestly. Oh, you'd think it might be faster. To be a walk-on I, though? It, I don't know. It, I feel like it's very dependent also on like a lot of outside factors. 100%. Like someone's, yeah. first of all, body type, the mileage they're running in high school. Yeah. The like, just how much potential a coach sees in somebody. That's very true. Because yeah. when you're thinking about walk-ons, you're thinking, all right, which guy hasn't ran the times to be on scholarship, but which guy do I believe in? Yeah. And what does their future hold? You know, you might, you might be a 450 guy who, who plays soccer for a club. You know, yep. you ran one 1600 time trial in high school, you ran 450 and a coach sees that and they go, this guy's going to be good. You know, you've got the build or you you know, you've never run in your life. You've never trained. You, you're clearly like relatively fit from playing soccer and yep. a coach might give you a go. Honestly, I could see stranger things than like a 450 miler becoming a walk-on in a D1 team. Yeah. Um. So for us, like at Drake, there's no real like set standards. I don't think, especially with Jay, like you say, if he, if he sees potential, you've got a chance. Um. But if you're someone who's like running a fair bit in high school, like maybe around like 4.30-ish, I reckon for the mile, you'd be yep. you'd be relatively safe. Um, maybe like, I don't know, just under two minutes for the 800, something like that. Yeah. 158, maybe. Yeah. I, I don't know, honestly. Uh, but you can always email coaches as well. If, if this is something like you're interested in, uh, get online, look up, schools colleges track and field rosters find the coach because you can always see the coaching staff 
get their email, get their Facebook, get whatever. Um, send them an email, send them an email and say that you're interested. You really want to run, uh, you know, a division one, division two, or even division three college in America. Um, and say, you know, tell them a bit about yourself and ask what, what their thoughts are. Um, just get the ball rolling. And, you know, if you don't ask, you don't get it, So completely. I think, um, I'd say about half the schools I ended up talking to, I started the conversation with the coach before they started it with me. Yeah. So it's not, it's not a bad thing to reach out to a coach. You should be reaching out to coaches and like, really it's like a sales job. Why are you valuable? Why would you make this team better? Like you're, you're selling yourself to these coaches. And I mean, if you believe in yourself and you've been watching yourself do things, selling your selling yourself should be the easiest thing to do. Yeah. I, I agree completely with that. And it's, it's good. I think to start early. I mean, I can't speak from my own experience. I came over to college pretty late and I didn't really look at many or any, to be honest, like different colleges. I kind of spoke to Jay. I spoke to like maybe one or two other coaches and just like committed straight away to Drake. Um, but if you're, I don't know, 15, 16, you're getting near the end of your high school kind of like career, um, get, get chatting to coaches. If you're, if you're interested in coming to coming to college to run, um, because if you then, if you make progress in your last couple of years of high school, the coach is going to be interested in that. Like, um, you know, you might start out as a five minute mile or even slower as like a 15 year old. And then by the time you're in your senior year, you, you know, you might be 17, 18, but you're running like 430, 440. And the coach will see that and the coach will show some sort of interest. Um, but again, if you, if you don't ask, you're not going to, you're not just going to, you know, get yeah. the offer. Um, exactly. Generally, uh, unless you're like a sub four guy in high school or something. So yeah, that's kind of what I'd say to that. Um, and again, another one asked about actually getting noticed. Um, and honestly, like all I can say for that is like either honestly run quick, win races or reach out like email coaches. Yep. I feel like that's the most straightforward and honest answer you could possibly give for that yeah. question. Coaches like they look at results. They love looking through results. Like I know I came over from Australia. Um, Jay found me through, I don't even know what he, he found me online, like through my results. Um, and that's something they're looking for. So if you are running, you know, maybe a little bit quicker or you're winning some like decent high school races or maybe not even winning, but you're, you know, you're making high school teams and stuff like that. Um, coaches will see that. And sometimes they will message you before you email them. Uh, but you know, if they're not, then the simplest thing you can do that you're you're allowed to do is literally get their email and slide in. Simples. Yeah. Same thing as sliding into a girl's DMs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Simple as that. Yeah. <laughs> Easy done. Um, and now, yeah, moving on. Uh, the next kind of, I think the final question we had from our last podcast was uh, kind of like pre-race routines. So honestly, just before I ask you to kind of add to this, Bastin, I think you're one of the most like relaxed guys in terms of like your, your pre-race ritual, like your pre-race kind of routine. I think you, you can, you can speak to it, but uh, I, I don't know. It, it's never like a set routine. You kind of just like shake your legs around a little bit, do a few strides, like, and, and you get ready to race. Like, obviously we have a warm up, but 
Yeah, go on. Yeah, I would say our basic warm up is we do a two mile jog, and that's every time, no matter what. Yep. Um, and then, and then Fog and I are kind of on our own. We do like <laughs> just random warm up stuff, like yeah. high knees, but I don't know, like high butt knees, kicks, butt kicks, like strides, and like. But I like barely do anything. If I'm going to be honest, like I'll do, <laughs> <laughs> I'll do like two or three high knees, and then I'll do like two or three strides for the race. And that's pretty much it. Yep. Um, and uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, like I, I just think it's like you, that's just what you do. Yeah. It's like, I'll look over and I kind of, the, the group I trained with in Australia, um, from when I was like 16 to when I was like 20 ish, um, they, they had a really strict, you know, warm up routine. We jog like 3K, which is just under two miles. And then we'd have, I don't know, 20 minutes to half an hour of like proper drills, proper like stretches, strides, and everything like that. Um, we we always warm up like 55 minutes to an hour before, but for a lot of it, we're kind of like just chilling. I know Baston kind of is. I <laughs> I feel like a little bit more like I have to have a routine, I think, but it's definitely not a routine. It changes every time. But you know, the, the basics of it is jog, do a few stretches, you know, a couple of drills, um, and get your strides in. Uh, what about, uh, dinner the night before? Do you have something set with that or whatever? I just always try to, with dinner, stay consistent. So, yeah. Um, a, a big thing for my eating is I have a really messed up stomach for people who don't know that. And I, my, my stomach is so sensitive to like the most random foods. And like, so I only make like five dinners and I just like keep rotating them through pretty much every day. But, um, I think like the biggest thing for me is eat something that I've been eating quite often just so that my stomach, it digests something that I'm used to eating and I'm not having any stomach like shock or like any issues, like going into the race, because that's really like the only thing that would ever give me a problem is eating something that I'm not used to eating. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, that's smart. You don't want, I think something I always heard is like, don't, don't change anything unnecessarily. So, you know, even if you hear, uh, I don't know, broccoli is like great for you, uh, for running, for example, if you've never had it before, probably like, don't go and buy a big broccoli, like the day of a race (laughs) and like eat it. Cause I don't know the benefits probably aren't going to outweigh your stomach going like, what have you just put in me? Uh, yeah. Yeah. You don't want to shock yourself. Like you were saying, um, for me, uh, I don't really cook. Like I, <laughs> I wish I could, uh, I don't know. I can make like, like toast. Definitely could. <laughs> <laughs> I can cook, like I can do eggs now, uh, fried, scrambled, you name it. I'll, I can make eggs, um, what other ways fertilized, <laughs> Um, but, but like, uh, yeah, I mean, they're a fairly simple, (laughs) simple thing. I I was proud when I first came back to America last year. I know my mom was pretty proud. Like I would send her pictures of me making eggs and nice. Uh, yeah, that's still all I can do. Uh, I don't know, maybe one day I'll evolve, but, um, yeah. Anyway, moving on from that, I usually eat in the dining hall at Drake. Um, it's pretty bang average to be honest, like as like as it goes in general, uh, it's not the best. Um, yeah. Dining halls aren't ideal for people that aren't in college. 
Yeah. There is no such thing as a nice dining hall. <laughs> I'll believe it when I see it, but man, the food is just so average. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It is what it is. Like, yep. you can, you can always, there's always like something. Uh, so I don't know. I, I always eat in there. And a lot of the time it's like before a race. Um, and I think before the Iowa state mile, uh, they actually had chicken tenders back, which was a real treat, uh, <laughs> like deep, deep fried chicken, which I know isn't like good. And I tried to avoid it, but, uh, what I was eating, I was like trying to be healthy. I think I had some fish, some rice and some vegetables. And then I was like, I'm not full. This is not, not ideal. You know, I'd rather be full and like feel, feel decent than try and be really healthy and, and the dinosaur starve. nuggets were calling your name <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i got a load of chicken tenders um not not a load of them but a fair few and i ate them <laughs> uh the night before the iowa state mile you see like i think as long as you're eating uh enough and most of what you eat is like healthy ish um generally you'll be okay uh so yeah uh, that's that's kind of like my pre-race i try and have some pasta or some sort of carbs like like rice for example uh fish has a bit of like protein i think fish is like decent for you uh hubble fish hubble's our dining hall typically is pretty bad uh but it does the job that's that's what counts um so yeah that's kind of what it is um just quickly what about on race day do you have a routine for food. Yeah. So I make the same breakfast every day. I do eggs, Wow. eggs, toast, and oatmeal. And I've done every day for the past couple of years. Yep. It's kind of crazy, but yeah. <laughs> so I do that same breakfast every day. And then the lunch, assuming it's not a morning race, because if it's a morning race, that would be the last meal I'd eat. Um, if it's an evening race, I will do lunch and it will be the same lunch. It oh, I know what it is. A turkey sandwich, <laughs> a granola bar, and a banana every single time. <laughs> and there will be nothing else but turkey in the sandwich. There will not be a single slice of cheese, no mayo, no lettuce. It would literally just be turkey and the bread, a <laughs> banana, and a granola bar with less than eight grams of added sugar because I don't want more than eight grams of added sugar. Wow. I'm the weirdest guy ever. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I can I can agree with the uh I knew you were gonna say the turkey sandwich thing. So I think I don't know, we've been to like Jimmy John's before and you've had, you know, your turkey sandwich and you forgot to say like with no mayo, cheese, like <laughs> lettuce, tomato, whatever comes on it, and you're literally there like scraping it off so that it's literally a turkey <laughs> sandwich, like bread, turkey, bread, and then I don't know, in like Florida, for example, before National Cross, like I think you you literally like ticked turkey on the on the card thing or whatever. And when when you truly do order just a turkey sandwich, they kind of look at you like you gotta be joking. <laughs> but you're like, that's like your happy place, just pure turkey. They um, look at me like it's a bad thing. And I'm like, man, I'm making your job so much easier. Yeah, <laughs> you, you don't have to do anything. Candace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah candace where was that texas yeah oh uh, yeah which which i think yeah which which yeah. in texas oh um, that was so funny yeah good times good times <laughs> um but yeah no that's that's a pretty decent uh kind of routine i think for me uh breakfast usually i have like porridge oatmeal um porridge, porridge. <laughs> <laughs> um and a smoothie always like 
one or two bananas, depending on the size of the banana. Um, blueberries, frozen, usually. Um, coconut water, normal water. Um, yeah, and and that's kind of my smoothie. Sometimes, actually, the day of Iowa State, 356, I made eggs, actually avocado as well, pretty like classy. Um, so I made toast. I think it was toasted bagels, um, avocado, and then scrambled eggs i think uh so it's pretty impressive um, i i'm wowed yeah <laughs> and then <laughs> pretty amazing stuff and then uh i had a little bit of lunch that day like a tiny bit of a turkey sandwich and then i always have a peanut butter and honey sandwich as well with a banana like a couple of hours out so yeah um yeah i guess we've got kind of routines with that but you can never get like too obsessed with that i don't think because like you know, if you end up somewhere where you can't get access to your pure turkey, then you don't want to like freak out. You know exactly. Yeah, yeah. Remember, always drop your questions down below. Uh, obviously, if you're on Spotify, get on that phone of yours. Look up YouTube, search Fog Dog and Baston. Um, get on the video and drop us a comment if you have questions. Uh, yeah. As I was saying, guests we have coming up. Oh, yeah. Coming up, we have a video with Derek Rubis. Legend of the sport. Let's go. And then <laughs> moving on from that, we have our podcast with Kevin Kelly, who went to Drake, both of our friends, and now Coach. Yeah, true. Coach Kev. So we're going to have a lot to talk about with him, and we're excited for it. We are. Um, I think that wraps us up for today's episode. Uh, yeah. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in if you're on YouTube. Um, and yeah. Lots of exciting stuff to come, and hopefully we'll have some more good running news uh, to talk about as well. Yep. Stay hit tuned. Su- hit that subscribe button. Stay tuned, and maybe we'll do a shoe reveal soon. Oh, sounds exciting. <laughs> as well, uh, good luck with all your running. I know this is kind of like fairly focused on you know what's going on at Drake, but we are pretty interested in like what's going on with the outside world world as well. So if uh, if you've got any like meets or races or anything coming up let us know in the comments we'd love to hear and uh, oh yeah maybe also, we can shout out some cool results link videos in the comments would be sick we can watch them yeah maybe we'll maybe we'll like do a live watch party yeah that we'll would send be sick, you a video actually. of us watching you guys around that'd be sick but yeah no, we're never doing anything homework's a joke in college <laughs> so yeah yeah we could <laughs> drag this out all evening like i'm not doing anything but um yeah no let us know honestly we we would love to hear so yeah thanks for listening uh it's been an absolute pleasure having you all along for the for the journey and we'll speak to you again very soon awesome